Welcome to Barely Audible Whisper, a weekly NPR parody podcast in no way associated with NPR, brought to you in no part by the following parody sponsors. Packed churches at Easter, celebrating Jesus Christ's resurrection from death with death. The Trump University School of Arbitrary Calendar Dates and Crisis Management. Enroll this February 35th for the new semester beginning May April 88th because it's important that you graduate in time for Festivus. And the Easter Bunny, hiding eggs full of germs behind bushes full of germs so that germ-filled children can show them off to their highly vulnerable grandparents. Happy Easter! I am Dave. And I am Molly. And our voices are almost as low as the possibility of things returning to normal by Easter. Our top story this week. The United States Congress finally reached an agreement on the $2 trillion coronavirus economic stimulus package they should have passed two months ago, but just got around to hastily throwing together last week. And shockingly, the bill doesn't suck. It's not great, but at least it doesn't suck. For more on the good enough new stimulus package is our good enough correspondent, Smith. Hello, I'm Barely Audible Whisper's good enough correspondent. You can just call me Smith. That's good enough. And speaking of good enough, the Senate finally got around to passing an adequate, but not extraordinary stimulus bill, or as Senate Majority Leader and Evil Tortoise Mitch McConnell referred to it. Ha <laughs> ha! History will remember the historical adequacy of this historically mediocre piece of legislation and not the historically shameful process behind this historically meh moment. <laughs> A hyperpartisan and shamefully corrupt process by which the stimulus package was passed makes the mediocre product it produced actually seem like a more than mediocre achievement. As always, our Trump impersonator is a woman, because we hear he hates that. I want a $500 billion slush fund for big businesses that Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin has total control over, with no restrictions on how he gives up money. I'm Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin. I'm creepy and gross, but I have a hot gold-digging wife, and I need complete control of the $500 billion slush fund to make my wife horny. I'm Steve Mnuchin's gold-digging wife. I played Marie Antoinette in a movie because I get so unbelievably turned on by peasants being forced to eat cake. <laughs> Uh, what the American people want in this time of crisis is a completely unregulated slush fund controlled by a corrupt rich guy who takes orders from an even more corrupt rich guy. <laughs> it actually took a strong, sustained, and principled fight, led by Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer, to negotiate a provision that provides regulations and oversight into how the $500 billion carve-out for big business is spent. And nothing represents a strong moral stand yielding mediocre results better than Chuck Schumer. Yeah, this is wrong, and I don't like it. That's Senator Schumer's good enough rendition of a rousing political speech. Yeah, we shall fight them on the beaches and the landing grounds, and for that matter, all of the other varieties of geographic locations, including, but not necessarily limited to, the hills, and the streets, 
and we remain tentatively open to discussing a non-binding resolution, signaling our intent to potentially never surrender. Meanwhile, some Democrats tried to attach measures that were thematically related to the overall economy, but not directly related to coronavirus relief. We need to raise the minimum wage to 15 bucks an hour, which, in my view, will help raise the ability of millions of workers to survive this crisis, as well as raise my profile to survive primary. But Democrats were quickly forced to abandon those measures to focus entirely on taking countermeasures against Republicans' blatant attempts at stealing from the mouths of the poor. Uh, I, I support a measure that would have literally not given an assistance to people who are so poor they are exempt from paying income tax. Yay, I love punishing poor people for being poor. Putting the poor people's money in my slush fund and replacing it with cake vouchers makes my wife horny. Let them eat cake! But thanks to the heroically unheroic efforts of Chuck Schumer, Injustice anywhere is not good and has the potential to directly and indirectly have an adverse effect on justice everywhere, or at least in most places. The stimulus package does include the poorest Americans in the economic relief it doles out in the form of a $1,200 check. Oh, thank God, a $1,200 check might just be what I need to keep my family afloat for two to three weeks. A check that probably won't arrive for another two to three weeks. That's okay. Uh, I can use the money to dig myself out of whatever hole I get myself into in the next two to three weeks and uh, then keep my head above water with the next $1,200 check. It's a one-time payment of $1,200. Ooh, uh, so, so that's not great. Uh, better than nothing. Long-term minimum income standards make my wife less horny. Not eating cake. Buy me something, Stevie. The stimulus also includes a much needed and sizable boost to federal spending on America's medical infrastructure. I could order factories to mass produce protective masks and ventilators if I wanted to, but I don't want to because Easter. Unfortunately, we're already so far behind on medical infrastructure that even a current cash infusion will only somewhat mitigate the problem. Worse still, given the Trump administration's lackluster and incompetent response, it is doubtful that any congressional action can spur the White House into wise and expeditious use of the funds. I am only going to give money to states whose governors are nice to me. And so, on behalf of Barely Audible Whisper, I would like to extend this tepid and half-hearted congratulations to Congress on the legislative equivalent of a John Grisham novel. Yay. In what we're sure was just a lucky coincidence and not corrupt insider trading, Republican Senators Jim Inhofe, Richard Burr, and Kelly Loeffler, as well as Democratic Senator Dianne Feinstein, each lucked into selling off millions of dollars worth of personally held stock right before the market crash due to the coronavirus. 
The coincidence was extra lucky given that all four senators sit on committees that were privy to inside information forecasting the upcoming stock crash. But all four senators swear that they did not profit from all that information. And the luckiest coincidence of all is that in addition to dumping millions of dollars worth of soon-to-be-worthless stock, Georgia Senator Kelly Loeffler also just happened to buy a bunch of stock in a telecommunications company right before the entire white-collar world started telecommunicating to work. And so, as part of our ongoing commitment to giving the benefit of the doubt to people who don't deserve the benefit of the doubt, Barely Audible Whisper presents... The unbelievably good luck that we are going out of our way to try and believe of Kelly Loeffler. Top of the morning to ya. I'm a wee little leprechaun. And if you catch me, you get the most extraordinary run of good luck you could imagine. But even so, you'd never be even a wee bit close to being as lucky as Georgia Senator Kelly Loeffler. These ridiculous allegations are completely baseless and false. All of my stocks are controlled in a blind trust by a third party that I have no control over. As the third party fund manager of Senator Loeffler's blind trust, I could vouch for the fact that this is all a crazy coincidence. In fact, I laughed when she told me about it. I mean, I didn't laugh because she didn't tell me about it because she doesn't tell me about things she knows about. These baseless allegations have been totally debunked. They haven't even been a wee bit debunked. And I already proved that I had no advanced knowledge of the sale by tweeting a screenshot. She literally tweeted a blurry one-sentence screenshot, highlighted in red, for no apparent reason, but stated after the stock sale took place, which proves nothing at all. But she seems to think vindicates her. Because, as the great Johnny Cochran once said, if the blurry one-sentence screenshot highlighted in red for no apparent reason doesn't fit, you must acquit. I am the luckiest guy in the world because my wife, Kelly Loeffler, is the luckiest woman in the world. I'm also the chair of the New York Stock Exchange. Luckily for the Loeffler clan, there's no law that prohibits senators or the chair of the New York Stock Exchange from owning millions of dollars worth of stock. If the senator and the chair of the stock exchange own the stock, you must block. I'm sorry, did you say that's not illegal? I guess I'm not needed here. It sure is lucky that a senators who make laws that govern everybody by pure coincidence, those laws seem to benefit us the most. My wife is so lucky she's worth $500 million despite having no discernible skills. Loughter is so lucky based on her version of events, this is what happened. Oh wow, I just received a classified briefing on Senate Health Committee that this coronavirus thing is almost certain to cause a global health crisis. That sure is unlucky for me as the chair of the New York Stock Exchange. Anyone else who's unlucky enough to own millions of dollars of stock? We own millions of dollars worth of stock. We better not tell our broker about this though, that would be unethical. And the only thing worse than being unlucky is unethical. There's no one on earth more trustworthy than the chair of the New York Stock Exchange and a politically appointed senator worth $500 million who possesses no discernible skills. Meanwhile, and completely coincidentally... Oh, completely apropos of nothing, I had an idea that 
if it actually was apropos of nothing, would be a completely reckless and insane thing for the third-party fund manager to do. For no conceivable reason, based on currently available public information, I'm going to dump millions of dollars worth of stock for my client, who coincidentally happens to be a U.S. senator married to the chair of the New York Stock Exchange. Luckier than a four-leaf clover formed from four other four-leaf clovers. And while I'm at it, I'm going to buy my client, who I have no way of knowing any of the classified information she's privy to, a bunch of shares in a telecommunications company. After all, barring a sudden global shift in workplace communications due to something like a global pandemic, which I have no reason to believe is about to occur, telecommunications are likely to remain a non-essential, moderately popular, minor part of the economy. And the luckiest part of all is that as obvious as a textbook example of insider trading as this is, insider trading is almost impossible to prove due to absurdly high standards for proving intent. If you can't prove intent, wait, seriously, that's not illegal either? OJ was a senator, nobody would have ever heard of me. What can I say? I guess it's just the look of the Irish. Screw the luck of the Irish. We should all be so lucky as to have the luck of the Loffler. As most of the country is engaged in self-quarantine and social distancing to help decrease the spread of COVID-19, a handful of selfish and short-sighted idiots are putting all of our lives in danger by refusing to let a deadly outbreak spoil their spring break. And so, in the spirit of treating these idiots like the children that they are, and in keeping with our format of ripping off public broadcasting, Barely Audible Whisper presents a very special episode of Sesame Street, aimed at dumbing down the coronavirus to a level even these idiots can understand. C is for COVID, keeps your distance from me. C is for COVID, keeps your distance from me. C is for COVID, keeps your distance from me. Oh, COVID, 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 expect that momentarily. No way, Blue Bro. Maybe I get Corona, and maybe I won't. But I'm totally going to pound Coronas like you pound cookies. Am I right? High five. Me like high fives, but me also more like spreading viruses. Whatever. I'm, I'm young. Coronavirus only affects old people. You're being totally lame right now, Toothless Bro Jackson. You're wrong for two <laughs> reasons, Chad. How did you know my name was Chad, Count Brocula? Lucky guests! First of all, COVID-19 spreads at an exponential rate! That's cool, Pimp Muppet, but my nickname is Exponential. I don't really know what it means, but it sounds cool. Exponential means that he keeps doubling to the second power. To the fourth power, uh, to the eighth power, etc. So what, Mr. Brofangles? La 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 la, la 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 la, you can tell your parents! No way, tickle me, Elbro. Ha ha ha, not a little tickle, because it would be irresponsible.
possible for someone to see your armor right now? You see, COVID-19 can be passed from one carrier to doesn't have any symptoms to second uh, uh, carrier who passes it to two uh, uh, more carriers. La 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 la, la 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 la, asymptomatic carriers. La 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 la, la 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 la, this is why you must keep a distance of preferably six feet away. La 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 la, la 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 la, social distancing! But I want a party. Boy, it sure is tough to give up what you want in the moment and think about the needs of others, huh? Totally, Big Brunary. But sometimes... You have to make temporary sacrifices to keep yourself and the people you care about safe. But it's spring break, Big Feather Brilla. I want to get laid. Getting laid sure is fun. <laughs> Bro Bird gets it. High five. Me already covered high fives. Your stupidity is causing me to stress in cookies. <laughs> But do you know what's even more fun than getting laid? Body shots. Uh, zero <coughs> brains. Huh. Well, sucking liquor off of naked bodies sure is fun. But there's one thing that's even more fun than that. Snorting blow off a hooker's ass. La 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 la, la 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 la, stop talking. The most fun thing of all is not getting innocent people killed through your own reckless and selfish behavior. Screw that, I'm partying. But I didn't tell you the second uh, uh, reason you are wrong. COVID-19 has proven fatal amongst young people too. That's two as in also, not the number two. Uh, uh. You mean I could get hurt by this stupid virus too? That sucks. La 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 la, la 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 la, let's go home! But I want to get laid! <laughs> oh, cheer up, Chad. If everybody practices responsible social distancing during this crisis, then millions of young people will spend months at home, desperately missing physical human contact. Which means, when this is finally all over, well, getting laid will be as easy as one, uh, two, uh, uh, three, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I need to get tickled. <laughs> <laughs> And now, a parody song to reinforce the lessons of the previous sketch. Stop spreading the germs. I mean it today. Don't want to be a part of it. COVID-19 The CDC's terms State clearly to stay In your homes, my God, how hard is it? 
COVID-19. I want to wake up in a city pretending to sleep and be the king of the couch, Nat of the flicks. COVID-19! One silver lining to the COVID-19 outbreak is that it's bad news for President Trump in an election year. His failings as a leader have never had such consequences for Americans as they do now. Well, there's one way it might be good for Republicans this election year. This is our intern. We usually don't let her speak on air for good reason. I took one social science course and I learned that there's a link between germophobia and racism. There's some belief that the Ebola outbreak that I guess happened in 2014, I don't know, I was 13, stoked racism and led to Republicans winning a lot of races. That might be a thing. Okay, intern, we'll look into it. I helped! Yay! But if racists are germaphobes, why are Republicans being such idiots about containing the spread of coronavirus? That's also a good point. It defies science. Maybe an actual social scientist can shed some light. Hi, I'm Brian O'Shea, and I'm an actual social scientist from Harvard University. I conducted a study last year that found that people who live in states with higher rates of infectious disease are more likely to hold overt and implicit prejudices. Here are four of my subjects who were fairly representative of my findings. Hiya, I'm from Vermont, and while that means that I don't know any Black people personally, I like them on TV, and I was a proud Obama supporter both times. Hey y'all, I'm from Mississippi, and I see tons of Black people all the time, and I honestly try to avoid them. Hey, I'm from Maryland, and I live in a very diverse suburb of Washington, D.C., and I have dear friends of all races. I'm from South Dakota. Uh, I don't know any foreigners, and I don't care to. We found that racism was more prevalent in places with higher levels of infectious disease. How, though, do we prove that there's a link between fear of disease and racism? We showed these subjects images of disease, bacteria, mold, and feces, and observed how their attitudes changed after viewing the images. Uh, I don't know why, but I just like hanging out with my white friends tonight. You know, I like black people. I just, I don't want them as neighbors. South Dakota's getting too diverse. I'm thinking about moving to North Dakota. That's it. I'm joining the KKK. Thinking about disease increased their racism. However, my participants' response to COVID-19 has me thinking, I missed something. I just bought the biggest thing of hand sanitizer I've ever seen. This so-called disease is just a pathetic liberal hoax. I'll be goddamned if I'm going to quarantine myself. China virus or no. If you're having contact with anyone who doesn't live in your house, you're an idiot. President Trump himself who's such a germaphobe he will kick an underling out of a room for sneezing, has been unusually willing to travel and shake hands. 
I decided to further explore my participants' views. No, it's basically just the flu. It ain't a big deal. Did you know your cell phone can harbor lots of germs? I've been wiping my screen several times a day. My family's no longer allowed to hug or kiss. We've developed a long-range toe tap as a greeting. It's not real. Joe Biden caused it so the economy would tank and he could be president. The less racist people are acting like germaphobes. The more racist people are acting like they're invulnerable. This defies science. Wait, there's a thought. How do you all feel about science? It's our only hope to survive this pandemic. I wish we'd increase science funding and access to higher education. It's a bunch of liberal mumbo-jumbo to justify their radical communist beliefs. It's bullcrap. I defy you, science. There's the answer. Conservatives defy science because conservatives defy science. Last week, Barely Out of a Whisper examined an argument favoring long-term social distancing as our last best hope against the catastrophic overwhelming of our healthcare system's intensive care capacity, as laid out by world-renowned infectious disease expert Dr. Mark Lipsitch. Lipsitch sounds like Lipschitz, which we use as an excuse to present his entire well-reasoned argument in the form of characters making fart noises while they talked. This week, the New York Times ran an editorial making a different argument for a, quote, surgical strike that hyper-focuses on protecting the most vulnerable while enabling the rest of the population to go back to work, authored by a different world-renowned infectious disease expert named Dr. David Katz. His name is Katz, so you guessed it, cat noises. Hello, my name is Dr. Katz, and I'm a medical physician. Given the hysteria surrounding social distancing, perhaps we should consider a more purposeful and strategic approach to the problem. <coughs> <coughs> Help Meow, Meow choking. For the purpose of Meow Hypothesis, we will represent COVID-19 as a hairball. <laughs> Help Meow. <laughs> yeah. Never Meow. Meow fine. Meow medically speaking, the presence of a hairball Report significant risk to the elderly cat, but only a minor disruption to the kitten. Try and catch the laser pointer. Try and catch the laser pointer. Try and catch the laser pointer. For the purposes of meow hypothesis, we will also assume that a kitten trying to catch a laser pointer is vital to a American economy, which in fairness, no more idiotic than the idea that a hairball is like COVID-19. 
I am so, so sick. I've lost all interest in pursuing Meow career and laser chasing. Provided we could successfully prevent old cats from Meow coming into contact with kittens, we could prevent an economic catastrophe by allowing kittens to come to a TM to catch laser pointers. Forgive the interruption, but I, Dr. Lipschitz, the aforementioned heart noise infectious disease expert, cannot allow these far-fetched assumptions to fester in the popular consciousness without refutation. Without full-fledged feline distancing, there is no feasible way to prevent hairball passage from a feline who doesn't feel the effects to a feline for whom a hairball is fatal. Chase the laser pointer. Chase the pointer. There must have been a perfectly healthy kitten chasing something earlier. Direct contact with even a meowcroscopic remnant of a hairball produced days ago could be mortal to my compromised immune system. <laughs> Whoops! Obviously. My plan would make use of meticulously collected data to safely isolate the proportion of most susceptible to succumbing to the symptoms of hairball mutality. You're forgetting the fact that per the lack of federal preparedness, we have fully failed to formulate a functioning apparatus for performing the prerequisite full-fledged testing necessary to reduce the fully formed picture of infectious possibilities without which your plan is futile if not fully foolish. Which is why I propose that we model our on data previously mined and made available by other countries, such as South Korea. Even if your fantasy of applying foreign data was feasible, the fact remains that the federal failure to properly prepare for the predictable flooding of patients into our already fragile healthcare system Spoils all possibilities of implementing your proposal. We're too far gone to implement partial protections in a futile effort to fight off economic failure. I'm just pursuing possible methods of avoiding economic meltdowns by replacing hysteria with but, are you not fearful, given President Trump's 
proclivity for falsehood that he's prone to picking and choosing the parts of your proposal that are politically convenient while ignoring your overall prudent policy prescriptions, thus furthering the health and financial crisis we are facing. Maybe, but we need to be prudent and scientific systems are still possible, even under an incompetent administration. Fine. As we find ourselves at an impossible impasse, I propose that we forego further fueling our dispute and seek arbitration from a fair third party. I'm amicable to your proposals. Therefore, I propose we prudently implore the faux expertise of Fictional infectious disease expert, Dr. Horseman. Dr. Horseman, does my proposal have merit? Nay. Following a press conference in which President Trump cited anecdotal evidence to hype the possibility of using chloroquine phosphate, a drug used to treat malaria, as a potential miracle cure for COVID-19, despite a lack of FDA approval or any clinical results, There was this one guy I heard about who took chloroquine food fighters. As always, our Trump impersonator is still a woman, because we hear he still hates that. And after taking Chloe Kardashian Bloodgate to treat his caveman 19 virus, he is the healthiest man in America. Except for me. A Trump supporter in Arizona died of poisoning after ingesting fish medicine containing chloroquine phosphate in an ill-advised effort to avoid contracting COVID-19. I take no responsibility whatsoever. The dumb death of the dumb man based on the dumb misunderstanding of the dumb advice of our dumb president begs a serious ethical question. Is it okay to make fun of this dummy? To contemplate this question, Barely Audible Whisper turns to our own comedy ethicist. A man is dead. His widow is in critical condition. The cause? A reckless lie told by a corrupt president. This is an an unfunny fact pattern. But woven into this tragic tapestry are an array of silly circumstances and satirical possibilities too hilarious to ignore. President Trump done gave us a miracle, Cletus! In the interest of ethics, the identity of the real Arizonan is being withheld. In the interest of comedy, their harrowing tragedy will be reenacted by barely audible whispers, cartoonish MAGA characters, Thelma and Cletus. Damn it, Thelma! I already done told you not to interrupt the great Trump when he's a-talking on the TV. I knows that, Cletus. I'm a-talking about what Trump's a-talking about. I got me some of that there chloroquine phosphate in the medicine what I feed my corn fish. Is you sure about that, Thelma? I do believe Trump's a-talking about them Kardashians what's got the black girl booties. Damn it, Cletus. You know you gotta read between Trump's mispronunciations. On account of that's where he hides all them Q9 messages. He made unsaid black girl booty, 
But what he done meant was chloroquine phosphate. Well, I reckon if Klu Klux Physifate is good for keeping parasites out of your damn koi fish, then it ought to keep all 19 of them damn COVIDs out of us. Is it morally acceptable to make light of the tragedy that has befallen these unfortunate human beings? Oh, oh damn it, Zelda! I ain't thrown up this much since I done butt chugged all that Jim Beam with Neymar. After all, these are real people experiencing real suffering. You gotta help me, doctor. I done gave my husband fish medicine, and he's having a bad reaction on account of he don't know how to swim. I submit to you, it is cruel to mock the grieving. <laughs> In the arms of an angel, However, there are bigger issues to consider. After all, this poor fool is dead due in no small part to the blindness and politically motivated false statements of President Trump, who just this week said that he hopes to pack the churches on Easter. America wasn't opened to be not open. I want to pack as many elderly people as closely together in the church pews as possible. I'm grand reopening America on Easter. Because apparently Easter is important to evangelicals who love Trump. Something about Jesus and Cadbury eggs or something. Therefore, we may in fact be morally obligated to callously poke fun at this. I'm sorry, Cletus. There's nothing more I can do. Unregulated doses of chloroquine phosphate are poisonous. Oh, you're just saying that. <laughs> <coughs> to make Trump look mad. To prevent this, welcome to the jam packed Easter celebration here at the First Evangelical Mega Church of the Elderly and Immune System Compromised. <coughs> I've got a fever, Pastor. A fever for the Lord! Oh, that too, but also a regular fever. Walk on up to the altar and I will cure your fever through the power of Trump. Amen. Excuse me, I'm just gonna breathe in your face and rub against your legs and clasp your hand with my little hand while I squeeze through this jam-packed aisle. I do apologize. Don't be afraid to breathe all over your tightly crammed together neighbors as you come on up to receive the healing. Well, thank you, Pastor. I'm gonna show my appreciation by giving you a slobbery old lady kiss. Oh. oh. All right there, then. Now, I'm just going to wipe your spittle and my sweat off of my face with these palms 
lay those very palms on your forehead and spit a little when I command. Out, Satan! I'm more on fire with the fever of the holy trump than I've ever been. <coughs> <coughs> And I killed her. Everybody, take a moment and lick your neighbor's face while I try and find my fish medicine. Amen. Thank you for listening to the second telerecorded on a Zoom episode of Barely Audible Whisper, made possible by the following people. Writer, co-host, and producer Dave Baldwin. Co-host Molly Brown. Writer and actor Daniel Carter Brown. Actors Corey Burns, Ali Glonick, and Michael Morgan. Please follow us on your social media and subscribe to us where you subscribe to your podcast. Also, we just launched a website, www.barelyosblewhisper.com, which will soon have a lot more and better and more useful content than it currently does, as I plan on working on that over the weekend, so please check that out. Uh, we appreciate your support. COVID-19! Oh my god, sorry. My actual cat was biting the shit out of my wrist. See, my cat is very into whatever we're doing right now. Oh, My dog's making fart noises, but that's probably coincidental. Humorous! <laughs>